0: Welcome to Marketing Mambo with your host, Terry McDougall. It's the fun and fast podcast where we cha cha chat with marketing movers and shakers from around the globe. Hey, everybody, it's Terry McDougall with another episode of Marketing Mambo. So, my guest today is a longtime marketing agency owner. And at the start of his career, he was a journalist at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Today, business owners and professionals hire him to power up their stories because most dish out the same blah, blah, blah that puts prospects to sleep. He helps his clients transform marketing from frustrating to fun and results from pitiful to profitable. My guest is... CSO or Chief Story Officer at Story Power Marketing, Tom Ruwich. Hey, Tom, welcome to Marketing Mondo. How are you today?
1: Hey, Terry. Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here.
0: Well, Tom, it's great to have you. And I know that you're going to have a lot of wise and insightful things to share with our audience, but I just scratched the surface of a long and successful career. So what would you like to add?
1: Sure, sure. So I work with a lot of coaches, consultants, professional service providers, anyone who has expertise that they package and that they sell. And so these are people who are very, very good at what they do, very good at sharing their knowledge, very good at helping people who are their clients. But when it comes to marketing, when it comes to telling their story, they struggle. They feel lost. They feel like marketing is a big dice roll, that it's not fun. It's frustrating. When it works, they're not sure why it worked. When it doesn't work, they certainly aren't clear on what they can do to fix it. And the thing that happens is that so many of these coaches and consultants and other experts are putting content out there, emails, social posts, and so forth, Because, frankly, they just have been told that's what you're supposed to do. And they soldier through, they push content out, but they don't like it. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's frustrating. It's a pain. And the content that they're putting out there is usually the same boring, blah, blah, blah stuff. And as you noted when you introduced me, it's the kind of content that is turning off prospects, boring them, putting them to sleep. And so those prospects tune out and move on. And then the experts and the coaches and so forth who are putting it out there feel stuck again. So Mm. I work with them to transform their content from boring to brilliant. In so doing, transform the process from frustrating to fulfilling and fun and overall transform the results the bottom line from pitiful to profitable
0: and that is super important and as a solopreneur myself i can certainly speak to how difficult it is to keep all the plates spinning and Mm -hmm. i say this quite a lot in my own coaching business when i'm working with clients is that it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle it's hard to really understand what's my value proposition and how do I tell stories that captures people's interest that feels relevant to them. And yeah. I think that this probably gets right at the heart of the reason why storytelling is so important. And I would love for you to talk about that because, I mean, back before people could write and record, history and lessons were shared in the form of stories but we're modern now. So like, why is this still so important?
1: Well, you're hinting at it, that storytelling is prehistoric. It's just built into our DNA. It's the most human of activities. And indeed there are stories literally painted on the walls of caves where cavemen lived in Europe and beyond. So storytelling is as old as humanity. And the reason I think for that is that there's something about our brains that we are wired to connect with stories. And there's all sorts of science to demonstrate this, that when information is delivered by way of a story as opposed to just an information-laden lecture, we remember it better. We recall the details better. We trust and know and like the deliverer, the storyteller, more than just somebody who's standing up at a lectern or who's behind a keyboard and lecturing us with the same blah, blah, blah information. Information is not enough. It has to be story-powered information, entertaining and informative.
0: Yeah. You touched on something that I talked a lot about in other episodes of Marketing Mambo, and that is the no like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about why that's important? Because we all have like statistics and so forth about why we're the best and what other people have done or why people should work with us. So why is it important for us to tell stories that help increase people's knowledge.
1: I know exactly what you're getting at. And this is particularly applicable for the kinds of people I work with who are sharing their expertise, who are providing knowledge and guidance in some form. And the reality is that the information itself is often not extraordinarily unique, no offense to any of you who are out there, but there's somebody over at the next computer who knows it too. somebody who's writing the next blog post, somebody who has another email list, who knows what you know, and who can provide the same information and guidance that you provide. And so the question becomes how in a world where there is so much information being dished out, and so much of it feels commoditized and feels the same, how do you stand out? And how do you make a connection with prospects in a way that they want to do business with you? And the bottom line is that people want to do business with others whom they know, like, and trust. If I, as a prospect, if I, as a buyer, feel like the person I'm talking to, the expert I'm talking to, knows me, gets me, knows what I'm going through, is listening to me, not talking at me. All of these things are factors in why I will choose to do business with you, why you will stand out above others. And good storytelling, prospect-focused storytelling, can do that. It can build that connection and make you as an expert stand out beyond the other experts who are dishing out the same old blah, blah, blah information.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as you were talking, I was reminded of uh, Aesop's fables and Mm -hmm. all of the fairy tales. And the reason why those lessons stick with us is that when we're hearing those stories, we can relate to the characters in the story. It feels like we're experiencing the wicked stepmother who wants to poison us or the tortoise in the hare, right? We can recognize like, oh yeah, I'm always rushing, right? But maybe if I take it slow and steady, I'm going to get there faster. So that makes a lot of sense to me that people can start to imagine themselves in the story And so it becomes real in a way that is different than if you were saying, hey, 32% of people that work with me have outsized gains in their business, right? Like that, that's blah, 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 right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. You've nailed it, Terry, and that phrase, they can relate. That is just so critical. If you, as a content creator, can inspire your audience to say, oh, I can relate Or put another way, inspire them to say, wow, this person really gets me. You've won half the battle. I'll give you an example. I work with an executive coach who works with business owners, business leaders. And for lack of a better expression, she helps them get off the hamster wheel and One of the things that she teaches them to do to help them get off the hamster wheel is to delegate properly, to flatten the organization, to put more responsibility on employees' plates so that boss, that business owner, is not constantly feeling responsibility for everything. Before we went to work for this consultant and coach, she had written a blog post that was the same old blah 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 information if you google how to delegate or the importance of delegation you'll find a million of these articles everybody has written about delegation and It's the same information. And this was one of those one in a million. How do you stand out? And the post was something like, delegation is a very important skill that every business leader needs to master. If you delegate properly, blah, 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 blah. It was a lecture. Well, when we went to work with her, we said, let's dive into the stories. Tell me a story about delegation, about helping one of your clients delegate. And one of the stories she told me was of a business owner who in 20 years of owning and running this business had never gone on vacation longer than a long weekend. Like this past weekend, we're recording this just after the July 4th holiday, maybe takes that Monday off, maybe takes a Friday off, but had never gone on a week-long or a two-week-long vacation. And he was stressed if he left on vacation For longer than a few days, he worried that the house would catch on fire. Mm -hmm. He worried that everything would be a mess when he'd get back. And he was in hell before he left. He worried that he'd be in hell. Upon returning, he just, he couldn't let go. And she taught him how to let go. She taught him how to delegate. And in so doing, she taught him how to enjoy his life and get away and go on vacation and all of these important things. That was A powerful story. And what ended Mm -hmm. up going out as an email and a blog was something the headline was something like How a Stressed Out Owner let go and got away. And the photo at the top of the email and the blog post was somebody lying on a hammock on a beach, sunset in the background. And the story began. I know a business owner who never went on vacation in 20 years of owning the business and told that same story that I just told. And so somebody who she wants to do business with, the owner who's stuck on the hamster wheel, is going to read that story and say, oh, wow. I can relate. I can, I see myself in that story. And there is the power of the connection. And now all of a sudden that business owner who reads that is thinking, okay, she gets me. I kind of like this person. I trust that she understands me because she's just told me a story that is kind of my story. And the advice that comes Later in the post is the same advice that was in the blah, blah, blah lecture, the same information, but it's presented in a valuable way and it's presented in a way that it makes sense. Why should I care about delegation? Because I'm stressed out and I'd like to let go and get away. That's a great example of the power of storytelling versus the feebleness of the same old blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: information. yeah. You know, it's funny when you were talking about the blog and and the blah blah blah. I was thinking, okay, you basically taught her how to go from like a bla blag blah
1: <laughs> blag, yeah, I like that <laughs> to
0: a blog, <laughs> right? <laughs> like yeah. you know, really actionable content. And I was also thinking about the the IEDA, the old mm-hmm. classic marketing one hundred and one: attention, right. interest, desire, action, right? Right. That's going to get somebody's attention. If somebody is a stressed out business owner and they never get to go on vacation because they are the business and they don't know how to get off the hamster wheel and they're grabbing the attention by saying, hey, I taught somebody how to get off the hamster wheel and go have some Mai Tais on the beach yeah, and come back to a business that was still there and thriving that gets your attention. That becomes very interesting. There's some desire to find out more about this and moving them to action, which somehow just the statistics or that quote-unquote advice just doesn't do it in the same way.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And A really important note to emphasize here is that what we're talking about is a story that reflects the prospect's experience. One of the great mistakes that business people make when they begin to lean into this idea of storytelling and creative content is they think that they have to tell stories about themselves. I hear it all the time from my prospects and my clients, Tom, I don't have an interesting story. I don't have anything interesting to say about myself. And my response is, well, good. Don't worry about it because what you need to do is go and discover Your prospect stories, what are they worrying about? What are they losing sleep over? What's making them mad? What's stressing them out? And the thing about that is that if you're a good coach or consultant or a professional service provider or expert, you better know that stuff anyway, because you need to know that to deliver your service. So the foundational building blocks that make great marketing are the same things that you need to know to be a great coach or consultant in the first place. So a lot of this is at the coach and consultant's fingertips. Or you don't have to be a coach or consultant for this to apply, by the way. It just happens to be the people I focus on working with the most. But it's knowing your prospects, discovering their stories. The story that I just described is not a story about the consultant. It's a story about the consultant's client and that's the Mm -hmm. critical thing to remember
0: yeah yeah the client is the hero of the story and the coach is just the guy to get them it's funny because somebody once told me that the key to sales is to make people realize that they're on pain island Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: you paint a very vivid picture of pleasure island and then you tell them that you have a boat
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and the And the metaphor that we use is the same, that there's a before, the pain island, there's an after, the pleasure island, and that your product and service is the bridge. And the mistake that so many businesses make is they want to dive right into, here's my product, here's my service, here's why it's great, here's all the great ratings we get, here's the secret sauce that we have. And nobody gives a hoot about any of that unless and until you help them picture the journey for the business owner from stressed out to relieved from stuck in the business to on vacation on a beach, you paint a picture of that journey and you haven't even talked about how you're going to make that happen, but they're leaning in and they're mm-hmm. saying, Whoa, that's the journey I want to take. Yeah. The story is the journey. And if you get prospects to say, wow, This person understands me, knows me, knows the journey that I want to take. They're going to lean in and they're going to say, how do we do it? And now all of a sudden the whole sales dynamic has shifted from you being a pitchy pest to Mm -hmm. being a welcome guest. I want to know about your products and services. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if all of your selling conversations were built around that conversation an eager, excited, fired up prospect who sees the picture you've painted, who wants the story that you've evoked, and who says to you, Tell me how we do it.
0: Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting about I was a marketer for a very long time before I became a coach, and we always talked about like you have to get really clear on what it is that the client wants, right? like nobody wants a shovel. Mm. what they want is a hole, right, right? and so it, when you get clear on that and then you're going to tell a different story. you're not going to talk about like, oh, it's got this fantastic oak handle, and it's made out of tempered steel, who cares, right? It's going to help you dig a hole quicker and
1: easier, right? Or taking it even another step, it's going to help you Dig that hole without you getting those rotten blisters on the palm of your hand, right. without your shoulder being sore, and then whatever that hole is, right for your tree to,
0: or your rose bush yeah, or whatever plant, yeah. right?
1: And yeah, that's exactly right. That's what it's all about. It's about understanding not just the quote benefit. We talk a lot in marketing about the difference between hmm. features and benefits. And there is that conversation, the feature and the handle, the handle and the shaft of the shovel and all those are features and the benefits are you're going to be able to dig the hole without the, the blisters and so forth. But what we really want to go for when we're talking about storytelling, we're talking about marketing with the most power is the emotional transformations that occur when our Clients partake in our products and services. And by that, I mean, the. I use these words, frustration to relief. That's an emotional transformation. I'm feeling and it
0: just as you said that.
1: I can yeah, feel it. Yeah, exactly. And it's when you evoke those emotional transformations that people really lean in and think, oh, wow, here's the expression. You know what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that the person you're talking with or hearing from via email or social media knows how you feel, you're going to be far more inclined to choose that person than the person who's just dishing out the same old blah, blah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation. I would like to pivot a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have other questions about your business and your process and everything, but I'd like to know a little bit more about you because sure. I know that you were a journalist earlier in your career and I know other people that have gone from journalism into marketing and I'd love to hear your story about why you chose the path that you did in your career and what mm-hmm. it looked like to go from being a storyteller in the news industry to becoming a marketing agency owner and then now to being this chief story officer for your business. Sure,
1: sure. I'll I'll give you a little bit of the background, Uh, even before journalism. For a couple of years, I was a school teacher, and there's still a lot of that in me as well. Sharing insights, teaching, helping people move from a place of being stuck, not understanding, not able to get the job done to a, a place of getting it. Reporting was a natural step beyond that, because really the best reporters are concerned with what are the needs of the audience? What is it that they want to know? What is it that they need to know? And then covering their sources, understanding what's important. And it's really all about listening and empathy. And the best reporters are great at that. The worst reporters are those who come to the work with an idea of precisely what they're going to say, and they're just telling, 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 Mm -hmm. telling, and not connecting with their audience. So those journalism skills really have served me for a long, long time. I was working at the Post-Dispatch in the mid-90s, and the internet was just coming on. I was on the internet side of that business. And in the early 2000s, I started an email service provider company. I built software for creating Email marketing campaigns, similar to tools like MailChimp, Constant Contact, so forth. Mm-hmm. We started before MailChimp, before Infusionsoft, before mm-hmm. Active Campaign, and so mm-hmm. many of the others. Constant Contact started around the same time. So we were really in this game early and were getting a feel for what worked and what didn't. We built a marketing agency around our software company. The work we did in that marketing agency was to help our clients build lists, execute their campaigns, manage all aspects of their marketing, not just their email marketing. And I ran that company for 19 years. And the thing that I came to recognize in running that company was that most business people were prone to chasing the latest, greatest, shiny object, the latest, and greatest tool tactic and so forth. built the first email marketing software for my company in 2001. And by 2003 and 2004, I was hearing from people telling me that email marketing was dead. Email marketing (laughs) is going away. And and it's going to be text marketing. It's going to be QR code marketing. It's going to be who knows what and TikTok and this and that. And look, a lot of these tools that are out there are fine. And some have advantages over email. And I use many, many tools beyond email, beyond social media and so forth. But what I came to recognize is that business people will hopscotch from one tool to another, one software package to another, one tactic to another. And then when it doesn't work, they will blame the tool or the tactic, or the tactician, or the entire Mm -hmm. channel. I've had people Mm -hmm. say, oh, I tried email, email doesn't work. I've tried social media, social media doesn't work. Oh, I tried this email software, that software doesn't Mm -hmm. work, so I'm going to invest in this software. And I think that's going to make all the difference. Well, the thing that was missing 99% of the time was quality content. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what channel you're operating in as a marketer. It can be offline, direct mail, teleprospecting, live webinars, live seminars, or it can be online, email, social, video, whatever it may be. If your content is not effective, the tool and tactic won't work. And it's usually the last place that business people look. They don't look in the mirror and say, I'm putting garbage in and so garbage is coming out. They will blame the tool and the tactic. And so in the final years of running this company, which I then sold at the end of 2019, I was spending more and more time helping clients power up their stories. I was still running the software company called Market Vault, But once I sold the software and the client base for the email software to a company called Benchmark Email, which, by the way, is a great email service provider. I then launched Story Power Marketing to continue the work that I'd been doing for many years, helping my prospects power up their stories.
0: Thank you for sharing your story. I love that. And I didn't know that you were a teacher before you became a journalist, but it is very interesting how the skill sets are very. it's funny because i was years into coaching when i stopped and really looked back at my marketing career and i was like oh well no wonder this comes to me so naturally because as a marketer working in these big organizations i was doing exactly the same thing that i do now as a coach i'm sitting down with business leaders and trying to understand what their goals and objectives are, helping them get clear on that so that we could go and develop a marketing strategy around it. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing that you do as a coach or, you know, probably as a teacher, right? Okay, what's our goal? Yeah. All right, what's the roadmap look like to get there? Okay, what do we have some skill gaps here? Okay, we're we gonna have to work on that. How do we instill confidence that if you start on this journey that you're going to get there? And you're going to get the thing that you want. It is super interesting how there's so much crossover, and you wouldn't necessarily think that.
1: Yeah. And I love that you said that because one of the great and exciting discoveries that I've had in this work is that my clients come to me and say, Tom, I came to you for help in marketing. And I realized that the work we're doing together to help my marketing is also helping me be a better coach or a better consultant or a better service provider. Because the activities that make you a better marketer are listening versus telling, empathy, putting yourself in the other person's shoes, understanding the journey that they're trying to take, helping them See a way to move from that before to after. All of those things that you're doing as a marketer are the things that the best coaches and consultants are doing as well. So it's very heartening for me when my own clients say to me, Yeah, I, I thought I was a great coach and consultant. I am a great coach and consultant, but I'm getting even better because of some of the tools you've helped me apply to my marketing. They apply to my service delivery as well. So ultimately the same skills that my clients are applying to their marketing, empathy, listening, all of those things that we've talked about are skills that make them better coaches and consultants and experts. So it's very heartening for me when I hear from them saying, yeah, this marketing work that we're doing, It's actually making me a better coach.
0: Yeah, that's so great. I've heard this saying, which is we never graduate from self-awareness. So (laughs) as good as we can be, you know, it's sort of like peeling the onion. I'm going to mix a few metaphors here. There's always more, right? But we can always get better. And I think anytime that you work with skilled professionals that have a depth of experience, you're always going to learn something. And that's really so great. Well, so thanks for providing those insights into your background. And I think that's really fascinating. I'd love to hear a little more about what your process looks like when you're working with coaches and other consultants on help them develop their story.
1: Sure. I'll note that there are two ways that my clients work with me. One is they can hire me as a one-to-one consultant where we really get ourselves embedded with the business and we're there to help with content creation on an ongoing basis that might be as an editor advisor or it might be as a full-on ghostwriter where we're actually helping them produce the content and then the other channel or avenue to work with me is through what we call the story power content transformation academy which is a group program where we have weekly meetings and you can have one-to-one access to me via email and chat, hot seats, a lot of the same things that you have in a typical group coaching program. Although I think we go a whole lot deeper. The processes are the same. They begin with what we call story discovery. And this is what we were talking about before that it's not about you being a pitchy pest. Here's my product. Here's why you have to buy it. Here's why I'm the best. Here's all the wonderful things people say about me, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) It's about discovering what makes your prospects tick. What is their current state? Where is the place they want to go? And then recognizing if this is in fact the case, that your products and service are the perfect bridge to get them there. And so most businesses, when they go through the process of trying to understand what makes their prospects tick, they will go into a room, whiteboard, they might have some colleagues with them, maybe a marketing consultant, and they try to pull from their head what they think their prospects are all about. And it's a great place to start. We know a lot about our prospects and our clients, and we can begin to articulate where they are, what's holding them back, what's making them frustrated, so forth, and where they want to go. Great place to start, but it's a lousy place to finish. It's not a complete picture, and where most businesses fail in their storytelling and story discovery is they end up with a glass that's half full, half empty, half right, half wrong, shaped as much by your own biases and perceptions Mm -hmm. as the reality. And so when we teach and execute story discovery, we say that's an okay place to start, but let's dive deeper. And there are three pillars of story discovery that we teach. Pillar number one, Pull from your head what you believe you know. Pillar number two, collect, organize, and distill the words that come directly from your prospects and clients' mouths. So we have that information. A lot of times we do. Our clients are sending us thank you notes. We're having Zoom calls and telephone calls with prospects where they're saying so much. But Mm -hmm. are we deliberate and systematic about recording that stuff, gathering that stuff, reading through what's been said, organizing it, recognizing when there are certain nuggets and valuable things that they've said, testimonials also that we collect for our websites. It's an amazing thing that happens when we go through story discovery and then a next step of the process that that's really a diagnostic process, what's going on in your website. And many, many times what we'll discover is that the best language for the top of your website has been buried by you at the bottom of Your website in some testimonial. The words that have come out of the mouths of your clients and prospects are often expressing way better than you do (laughs) the needs and the desires and the journey that they wish to take. And we tuck them away in a testimonial because that's where the testimonials go at the bottom of the page. And we miss these things. So we teach how to collect these things intentionally and systematically how to organize them, how to distill from what you get, the really powerful stuff, and then how to assemble them into meaningful stories and content. The third pillar is what's the market saying? The people whom you'd like to reach, but they're not in your solar system. They're not your existing prospects and clients, all sorts of places to go to get that kind of stuff. Could be an online forum, could be book reviews, could be a competitor's website, comments on a competitor's blog. What are are the people you're trying to reach talking about? What are they saying? And again, there are hidden gems in this. You just need a system to go and find it, to organize it, to recognize the gold nuggets when you find them, and then understand how to take those and assemble them. So story discovery is the first part of the process. Applying what you've taken in story discovery and using that as a lens to diagnose your existing content is the next step. And then finally, assembling content from scratch, whether it's building a new website, or sending emails on a regular basis, or posting to social on a regular basis? How do you take those building blocks that you've gathered and assemble them into content in a way that's consistent and fun and not a frustrating, writer's block, suffering slog? so many people, for so many people, content creation is a slog. I like to tell the story of a guy named Eugene Schwartz, who was one of the most prolific and successful direct response admin, copywriters of his day. And he wrote hundreds, maybe thousands of ads that made millions and millions and millions of dollars. And he claimed he never once suffered from writer's block. And when he was asked about this once, his response was, we do not write copy, we assemble it. Copy is not written, copy is assembled. And what he meant by that is what I just described, that if you put in the work up front to gather the story, to find the building blocks, work that doesn't require you to be some sort of creative unicorn, work that can be delegated. In many cases, if you put in that work, you will have the building blocks that you need to create the written content, to create the ad, to create the post, to create the email. And it doesn't have to feel like it's some act of creative magic. Yeah.
0: It's so funny, Tom, because I feel like all you have to do is really talk to people that already love you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know
0: I mean? All right. and, and their help and really what you're helping your clients do is build that scaffolding on how do you get from where you are to where you want to go. So you're helping them build the scaffolding. And then like you said, identify those building blocks that you can put in place. So it's not like you're starting from scratch and reinventing the wheel. Most businesses already have some of their own ideal clients. And I know for myself, there's some people that I love working with and I'm like, can I clone them because they like working with me. I like working with them, helping them do a lot of great things in their career. So how can I find more of those? And it sounds like what you're doing is just helping people develop those stories that will attract more of those types of clients.
1: Exactly. And helping them put those stories out there without sitting in front of a computer screen and going through what so many people go through, which is to sort of type once upon a time and then sit there and
0: think,
1: (laughs) now what?
0: Gutting it out. Yeah.
1: Once upon a time. Now what? Uh, I have writer's block. And, And I get it. I feel for those who are trying to do this. But a key idea here is that take the delegation idea, the lessons that we want to get across to the market, the promises that we want to get across to the market, take her, I will help you get off the hamster wheel by, among other things, teaching you how to delegate properly. Okay, so delegation properly is a really important idea that this executive coach puts forward. Well, if she didn't have stories to tell, she would have one lecture. Delegation is very important. Here's why delegation is important. Here are three tips or five tips or seven tips to delegate better. And then you've written that post, which no one's read. And then a month or two or three later, you're sitting at your computer and you're thinking, what do I write now? Well, she can Every two or three months, tell another or two or three weeks, create a different angle, a different story, a different hook to bring home the idea of delegation. For me, I send emails five days a week, Monday through Friday, I send an email and I've never had anyone say to me Tom it's too many because I'm writing entertaining captivating emails and I'm rehashing ideas over and over and over again but I'm doing it in unique ways this morning I wrote an email about a spam email I got that was clearly written by one of those AI engines and (coughs) I write about the importance of being human in your marketing versus being robotic in your marketing all the time. And it was a great thing. I got tons of replies
0: to this email.
1: And, And so it's about gathering the building blocks and understanding the structures by which you create an email, create a social post and so forth. And if you do that, then no longer is it the once upon a time now what phenomenon yeah yeah, yeah, right it's an act that is much more repeatable scalable and fun
0: yeah well you know i'm on your email list and i feel like i'm always rewarded for opening up the email because they're entertaining so We started this whole conversation with the whole idea of how storytelling is so human. Mm -hmm. Because we like hearing stories, even going back to being a little kid before we could read. Mommy, read me a story. Daddy, read me a story. We want to hear stories. We want to be entertained. We want to be taken on those journeys of fancy, if you will. But uh, Tom, I feel like I could talk to you forever. This is such a Mm -hmm. fascinating topic, but I do need to wrap up. So... I always ask my clients at the end, what one little nugget of advice do you have or word of wisdom do you have for our listeners?
1: Well, one thing that we didn't talk about that I'll leave the listeners with is keep it simple. There are a lot of so-called storytelling experts out there who suggest that you need to master 10 stage storytelling frameworks, or there's a thing in playwriting called Fry Tag's Pyramid. And I read some article a week ago from a guy who was trying to teach us that you have to know Fry Tag's pyramid in order to write a captivating email. All that's BS. (laughs) This framework that I described for you of know where your prospects are, know where they want to go, and understand how your products and services are the bridge. It can be that simple. You don't have to write a screenplay, a novella. You don't have to be overwhelmed with mastering the 10 archetypes of storytelling or tags pyramid or any of that garbage. Keep it simple and you will have success. And I can show you the structures to help you get there.
0: Great. Well, I love that advice. What do they say? Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, didn't well, want to so we- call didn't want to call
1: your <laughs> listeners stupid, but
0: keep it simple, silly.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
0: oh, or keep it simple, sunshine. We'll yeah. be really positive about that. So Tom, where can people find you?
1: Well, there are a couple of places that you can go. First is if you go to Story Power Marketing, all one word, storypowermarketing.com you'll find archives of past emails and you'll be able to sign up for my email list. Also, when you go to the site, there's a free resources section where there's a quick seven minute video about the three keys to storytelling for business, some other free resources that you can get there. You also can find me on LinkedIn, look up Story Power Marketing or Tom Ruich, and I'd be happy to connect with you there. And then finally, there is a podcast that I have called the story power marketing show. And I welcome anyone to find that podcast and tune in wherever you can find podcasts.
0: Great. Well, I'm sure that there are plenty of listeners that could use your services. And so I really encourage my listeners to reach out to Tom. He's a great guy. I've really enjoyed getting to know him. And I feel like I could learn a lot. I'm going to go out and check out your website after we get off this call. So, Tom, thanks again for being a guest on Marketing Mambo.
1: Thank you, Terry. I had a blast.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Mambo. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, like, and share. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for my social media and contact information. Until next time, adios.